I'm Mary Ann Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Robert Booker, Chief Strategy Officer for High Trust. Robert recently retired as a longtime CISO of a Fortune 100 health insurer. High Trust, formerly called the Health Information Trust Alliance, is best known for its common security framework for health and financial information. Robert will be speaking to me about how the High Trust CSF meshes with recent guidance from the Department of Health and Human Services regarding how the Office for Civil Rights will consider in its HIPAA enforcement determinations the recognized security practices that covered entities and business associates have implemented in the 12 months prior to a HIPAA breach or violation. HHS OCR says that among the recognized security practices that it will consider are those pertaining to the National Institute of Standards and Technologies Cybersecurity Framework, practices of Section 405D of the Cybersecurity Act of 2015, and other. So, Robert, how does the High Trust CSF align with the recognized security practices that HHS OCR says it will consider? And does the high trust CSF fit into that so-called other category of RSPs that HHS OCR said it would consider? I think to start out, we're really grateful for the leadership from Congress and the OCR around this topic. Um, we, as an industry, uh, have relied on you know HIPAA and the HIPAA security rule for now well over a decade in terms of looking at security expectations for healthcare and I think I think steps such as this that uh, invite organizations to to look at uh, more modern and contemporary uh, security frameworks are really helpful. So, you know, when we think about this cybersecurity framework, uh, we think about the 405D opportunities specifically HICP as it's sometimes referred to or the other category. I think we think about the the fact that the organizations will likely uh, address one of those paths uh, that most represent how they've designed their program. So, you know, High Trust today can support NIST CSF. And in fact, that's that's how we see the opportunity in the near future. It's well recognized. Uh, there's, there's good sector guidance in how to implement. And uh, moreover, it's something that we've already provided and have available within our, our framework and tooling. So I think, I think I look at that as the near-term opportunity. And if organizations are really asked to look at their, their previous 12 months of, of sustaining practices, you know, we're looking for organizations to have already done something. So I think NIST is a good approach, is a good start. Uh, but I think organizations will uh, consider uh, different options in the future. Uh, with regard to other, um, OCR, as is their right, has taken a very narrow interpretation of the uh, the statute. Other is focused specifically where there is um, legislative or regulatory citation. We see a lot of the feedback that has been offered by commentaries to the RFI that OCR issued last spring as you know, inviting consideration of other things such as high trust CSF as opposed to NIST CSF. Uh, so we're hopeful that uh, as OCR understands the true alignment of these frameworks, that they will they will in fact recognize the tooling such as high trust as an opportunity as well in its in sort of natural state. But we don't think that in any way impedes an organization's opportunity to to start and work with it today because we have for a long time had a very significant focus on NIST CSF. We're very fond of it. We think it provides a great framework for organizations to uh, work within. 
and uh, we're not really that concerned about it. In fact, we, we're endorsing it in our remarks when the guidance came out is that we would encourage those people working with us to use NIST CSF in the near term. One point I think is, is really interesting as well around this is, is what we really mean by the opportunity for organizations. And so uh, the guidance that uh, was issued by OCR was very clear on the opportunity to mitigate potential enforcement or audit activities and to use these uh, frameworks as a incentive to mitigate that, um, that risk. I actually like the word mitigation a lot as a uh, longstanding security executive because ultimately the goal really is to mitigate security risk and to reduce the threats to entities of achieving or sustaining a cyber event. So if you will, a breach. So, you know, I think a mitigation is is often offered in the context of the recognized security practices as mitigating enforcement. I actually think organizations, I hope, will think of it as an opportunity to mitigate the threats that they face and the risk that they face and to implement these more contemporary security frameworks as a, as a method of knowing that their security is, is mature and it's sustainable and it's continuing to operate as they expect. So Robert, based on what you see in all the years you spent as being a healthcare sector CISO, where do you think many healthcare entities and their business associates have the most trouble in terms of embracing recognize security practices? And what sorts of practices are often weak or fall to the wayside? The thing that's interesting, I think, about healthcare broadly is it's such a diverse community. And my reading of what uh, you know, OCR is doing and looking at it, you know, I think is really respectful of the fact that you know, healthcare is such a diverse portfolio of companies. You know, we have large payers, hospital systems, and organizations like the organization I had the privilege of serving, uh, all the way down to regional systems and even small. I've heard the term two doctor practice uh, used often. You know, there's these these small groups of of physicians and healthcare providers out there. You know, all focusing on the same threats and the same risks. They're all on the internet. They all use technology. They're all relying on the benefit that that technology brings them in serving their patients population. So they're all exposed. And so the largest organizations will have more resource and more synergies to try to do very comprehensive programs while these smaller entities are focused on just how do we do the basics, do the basics in an acceptable way, you know, meet the HIPAA obligations, and then potentially do other things. So I think that diversity and that variety between healthcare providers and healthcare industry participants is a true challenge. And so I think where, you know, without drawing broad generalizations, I think, you know, you have the big guys and the big gals and the little guys and the little gals out there that are all, you know, focused on these problems. And so I think where smaller entities may feel like they're having to perhaps go it alone, or perhaps they don't have access to the same level of expertise and experience that maybe the larger companies can uh, can hire, that might be seen by them as a, uh, as a challenge. And I think the opportunity for us as an industry for high trust and others as participants in the industry is to encourage those smaller entities not to go it alone. Tools and frameworks uh, like high trust uh, CSF can chart a path towards them uh, knowing where to start in implementing and validating and sustaining their security programs, how to focus on the security essentials maybe to start and then step into the other requirements over time. But I think the other thing that's really out there is also the opportunity to invite collaboration with uh, people like cloud service providers. Most small entities are no longer hosting their technology uh, in-house. They're using well trusted suppliers uh, in the market, uh, cloud service providers to you know, provide the 
fundamentals they need to just keep their systems online and operating. And the opportunity to inherit security from those systems and to actually take advantage of the opportunities that the bigger cloud service providers have to provide good security as part of the framework is something that's out there. So I would I would actually encourage uh, the entities that are less complete in their approach to think about frameworks like high trust CSF, but also think about inheritance from their supply chain to see where they can actually help them you know, do those basics well. And I think if you take that as the small end of the market and combine that with the entities that just by size and scale are doing a lot of work in this area, you know, I think together we have a better representation as an industry. And you know, we would hope that would, uh, that would over time continue to help drive the risk down for all healthcare companies. So, Robert, you talked about a lot of the issues that smaller entities have. When it comes to the more cyber mature healthcare entities, where are they struggling the most, do you think, when it comes to cybersecurity issues these days overall and why? I think of it as maybe less of a struggle and more of a opportunity to be complete in their program. So, you know, if I if I think about the types of things that you have to do to just make sure your program is is uh, operating and it's sustainable. I think about the ability to validate your system continuously as really important. Uh, thinking about how you report on what your validation looks like is important. So I think and I think that's that's very very clearly in alignment with the RSPs that were just just announced. You have to demonstrate you know that you're aligned with a framework. You have to show evidence and I think very precisely defined expectations around evidence that those RSPs have been active and consistently in use for 12 months or more across the entire scale of the company. It's more than just policy and procedures and even more than just saying, you know, I've I've got an audit program that annually sort of checks my system or, you know, biannually depending on, on the level of certification and assurance you're seeking. So you've got to, you've got to have a good validation and reporting system. And I think it has to be built into the culture of the management for that organization. So the second thing, though, I think is also interesting is assurance and transparency. If you think about assurance, maybe said another way, as, as proof or validation that the practices and controls are implementing and operating, just as the uh, OCR has asked for, and look at tools that uh, build that, that framework and provide validation capabilities. And so that's where HITRUST, just having been around for more than a decade, we've thought a lot about uh, maintaining and evolving this framework and the assurance system around the framework. So it's the entity that is making sure their programs are mature. So that would be, if you will, the large healthcare company. It's the entities that rely on the evidence that that company has produced to make sure that they meet their obligations. So that would be the relying parties, in this case, OCR, but also the other companies that uh, partner with the, uh, the entity. And then really the assurance system would be the auditors, the assurance partners, the uh, certifications or validation frameworks that people use. So I think the larger organizations, uh, you know, there's an opportunity to really think about that validation, that reporting, that assurance, and that transparency as sort of the outcomes that are produced. And, you know, really all of that's for the purpose, in my mind, of making sure that there's strong evidence that the program operates and that organizations can know they're all, always close to at their their peak readiness to deal with today's threat, whatever it may be, because we can't really, unfortunately, predict when an attack or when a when an event may try to you know, try to hit us or hit one of our trading partners. So we look at that. And one one other point, maybe to think about is third party risk. I think it's a bigger ecosystem than just the entity. Their their supply chain and others. I think especially in the last uh, eighteen to twenty four months have been implicated. So I'd say supply chain risk and third party risk is also really important. So Robert, talking about 
predictions, any predictions that you have for cybersecurity in the healthcare sector in the months to come, any emerging threats or risks that seem to provide the most worry right now? I think the challenge for the years ahead is the it's the combination of many threats. You know, we we used to think about uh, we being all companies used to think about things like phishing, or we think about things like malware, credential attacks. Uh, now we think about supply chain attacks, software poisoning. One thing I think we can be really um, clear on is that the uh, criminal entities that want to take advantage of companies are creative and will continue to focus on new and interesting challenges. So the ability to have a risk management framework that's adaptive and continually looks at the new threats and the new attack profiles and is continually self-tuning and, and self-updating is, is really important. We, we spend a lot of time on threat adaptive analysis. So just asking ourselves in the last quarter, what has changed? You know, Now we see more attacks of this nature. And so perhaps that indicates more prioritization on certain controls or certain safeguards. And so I think organizations that look at that as a continuous improvement opportunity will be better served. But I also think we're going to see a lot of, of, a lot of interesting activity with regard to public and private sector partnership. I think just the last uh, four to six weeks of um, updates from the federal government about, uh, you know, critical infrastructure protection, about, uh, you know, recognized security practices, which we're talking about today, security, kind of minimum security approaches. You know, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And so I think companies that care about this, and I think most all do, will have a lot of a lot of opportunity to look at these problems and sort of reflect on how they might want to evolve their programs. And so I think while the threats are challenging and continue to face all companies. I think the opportunities to have resource and uh, potential investment of new capabilities defined by the public and private sector to support these things is, is pretty strong. So I think high risk, but also high, high solves for those risks, I think is one way to think about it. Well, thank you so much, Robert. I've been speaking to Robert Booker. I'm Marianne Kolbisek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.